listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. And a good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Upfront program. And um, so it's interesting, I have a guest who has some radio background with us. And, and so I'm going to, even before I introduce her, I'm going to admit that I actually played the wrong intro to the program. So now, let's get the official intro into the program. It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Upfront program with the uh, right introduction. <laughs> I'm Roger, and I'm here every day, Monday through Friday. And um, what we're doing, uh, you know, I never thought that the summer of... Uh, 2023, uh, we'd be involved in a uh, congressional race, but uh, David Cicilline uh, decided to uh, take another job uh, with the Rhode Island Foundation. I hope he's happy over there. And then he's a void. And, and then all these uh, candidates, um, and we're going to talk with another candidate. And next week we uh, have um, Tuesday and Wednesday for two more candidates. We'll get to everybody before it's uh, all over. But it does uh, create, um, shall we say, a, a, lot of, um, uh, a lot of tough uh, decision-making for Rhode Islanders from uh, Woonsocket down to Newport and cities in between in the 1st Congressional District to, uh, to make up their mind where they want to go with the candidates. And so uh, we have been reaching out uh, to uh, the candidates and uh, talking uh, with them about uh, the issues of the day. And we have... Uh, Sandra Kano uh, in the uh, in the studio with us uh, this morning, and it's a talk show. So uh, you know our number if seven six nine zero six hundred, and you also know our email address up front at wnri.com. And if you have a question, fine, that's good. We'll be more than happy to answer it for you. And um, and so we're going to get underway. We have some commercials to play, but we're going to first of all chat with uh, Sandra for a few moments. She is a a uh, sitting state senator from uh, the city of Pawtucket, and it's a pleasure to have you in our studios today. How are you doing today? Thank you, Roger, for having me. I'm doing great and happy to be here in your station, um, talking to you audience from Winsocket and across the state, you know? Yes, and um, so uh, you, uh, we were talking just before you get out in the air, so uh, sitting behind a microphone is not the first time ever for for you to do it. You had a little bit of radio background here in uh, Latino radio, right? That is correct, Roger. Um, the difference is that uh, when I was doing radio, I was doing it in my native language of Spanish. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a little different, but I am really happy to be able to be here. And I know your experience is immense. Um, in the radio, and um, it's just really great to get to know you and your audience today. So really, um, thank you for the opportunity to having us. It is my pleasure to have you here, and uh, the purpose of these uh, broadcasts uh, are to uh, spotlight the candidates, to showcase the candidates. Uh, we're not, um, uh, I am not a, uh, what we call an aggressive journalist, I'm just a guy that uh, wants to know who uh, uh, Senator Kano is all about or what she's all about and um, and then uh, listen to some of her uh, views on topics and then uh, on September 5th um, I'm a registered Democrat so I will go in there and and make my decision and it's uh, nice to be able to meet uh, the candidates in person a little bit of biographical um, uh, outline for for you um, and uh, tell us how how you got to uh, Pawtucket and where you came from so I am originally um, a Colombian American now. I was born and raised in Colombia. I came to the United States at the age of 16, uh, unfortunately fleeing the violence in my country. So I came under political asylum. My dad got kidnapped in Colombia, and I am so fortunate to call the United States home. I came to Rhode Island, to the city of Pawtucket, and I was uh, really, really blessed to not only call the United States a safe home, but found opportunities to really achieve the American dream here. My family and I uh, really 
knows for firsthand the effects of gun violence and also like the amazing opportunities that this country have provided us to have this safe home is what makes me really want to contribute to this country um, saying thank you through public service. Um, I came to Pataket. I went to Che High School, graduated from um, uh, there in 2001. I was learning English. I didn't know how to speak English then. And I was very fortunate to go to CCRI, continue learning the language. And I graduated from CCRI with an associate's uh, degree. And I was able to transfer to Rhode Island College. And when I was there, Roger, I was uh, really um, glad to have the opportunity to have a scholarship to go to Bryan University. Mm -hmm. I was uh, able to do my bachelor's degree in business administration and economics from Bryan University. And then later on, I went to URI to do my master's degree in public administration. So as you know, public education has been really big in my uh, life. And it has been the difference between, uh, like, you know, having a bright future because I wouldn't know what I would be if I would have stayed in Colombia uh, based on the circumstances that I just shared with you early. I then elected to office in 2012. I got elected to the public um, role of a school committee member as a top vote getter in the city of Pataque. And um, two years after, the residents of my city really, really asked me to support them and being their advocate at the city council. I was in the city council for two terms, and in the year of 2018, my senator resigned. So I was uh, really asked to run on a special election. Mm -hmm. So I already know what it is to run on a special election. Yeah. And um, I would say that I'm the only candidate in this race that have run on an election um, in every season of the year. So the special election happened in February of 2018. Um, uh, that was the primary. I had a general in April, and then I went on to have a September primary and a general in November. So I would say that uh, since 2018, I've been on the state senate, and it's been like really the honor of my life to serve the people of Pataki and especially all the people of Rhode Island. And currently, I'm um, very privileged to be the um, Senate Education Chair since 2020. Um, I became the chair of the Senate Education Committee, working in a lot of issues to advance policies that really support our education system in Rhode Island. And uh, here I am. 2023, where my community really asked me to continue the work that I have done, prove through my legislative work, um, and run for Congress. And this is why I am here, because I love to help people through politics. Um, policy and policy that really works for people. I'm a proud member of, um, you know, uh, working families. So I understand firsthand the effects of inflation and, uh, like, you know, every uh, issues that working families in Rhode Island really <coughs> are facing today. And thank you, Roger, for the opportunity. This is like, uh, you know, in a summary, where I come from and what I have done in the short period of time that I have been here. Um, in the United States. If you're just joining us here on WNRI State Senator, but she's running for Congress. Sandra Cano is in studio and we're going to chat with her about her candidacy. Um, and um, in giving that uh, background on yourself, uh, in the city of Pawtucket, I, uh, I'm just going on memory here. Are you a part of the planning department uh, in that in that city? Is that what you do? So for 13 years, I work in the financial industry. Mm -hmm. And then um, in the year of 2021, 
uh, actually 2022, like last year, uh, the mayor uh, had approached me after working, supporting a small business and creating partnerships in the financial industry. I actually worked for Navigant Credit Union for 13 years. And then so when I was working there, I was building partnerships, making sure that I create policies to help the underserved communities really get uh, access to the um, services in the credit union. And after like supporting a lot of small businesses, the mayor Pataki approached me to ask me to be the commerce director of the city. That's it. So um, uh, in 2022, in January 2022, I became uh, the city commerce director. And to answer your question, under the commerce department that is planning, zoning, and code enforcement. Mm -hmm. So I was able to direct the whole department that um, really includes um, all of those uh, other um, sub-departments in, in the city of Pataki. And you're on a leave uh, from that job right now? Correct. Okay. Um, in order for me to run for Congress, I thought it was the right thing to do um, to us for our leave of absence, unpaid. Um, just because I do believe that if I am running full time for Congress, I shouldn't take a um, paycheck from taxpayers. And that's why I decided to uh, ask for a leave. So this is a tough question. If you had come last week, I wouldn't be asking you this question because it hadn't happened. But I can't ignore what's in the news, and I had to ask Professor uh, Burbrick yesterday about it. He made a comment about it, and that is um, the uh, getting the signatures. You two, uh, like uh, all the other uh, remaining candidates on the Democrat side of the of the ticket, uh, had to go out there and uh, and with your uh, with your workers gather uh, at least five hundred um, legitimate uh, figures uh, uh, signatures. And then, of course, we have the Jamestown story that you heard about yesterday. And today, there were three people in Newport, uh, uh, a second day of the story, uh, that uh, had their signatures turned in uh, on the Matos campaign. And they never, uh, they never signed them. And they, they weren't their signatures. So, therefore, I know it's tough. For, you're uh, an elected uh, senator, and uh, she's an elected um, lieutenant governor, but... Uh, there's got to be a comment from Sandra as to uh, what uh, this means. So, Roger, every time that we hear about any type of fraud in our process uh, for our, um, you know, elector process, it's a concerning issue. What I can tell you is that our campaign is very proud to have not only follow all of the right um, approaches to get the signatures that are validated, and we were able to um, really get in the ballot yesterday. Um, but I think that it is um, important <clears throat> that as a legislator, I think that we passed last year a, a legislation that really encouraged accountability and making sure that uh, every process is protected when it comes to our right to vote. Um, so it's concerning allegations and I just uh, I'm happy to say that our team is uh, really uh, uh, good following the process and we understand the importance and keeping um, not only the uh, process secure but making sure that there is uh, trust in the electoral uh, um, process uh, is only healthy for our democracy and so it's very concerning allegations. So um, I would say uh, based on what I heard from your answer is that uh, the uh, Kano uh, campaign uh, uh, gathering of signatures uh, was legitimate and we're happy about that and uh, the uh, other story is her problem <laughs> she has to deal with right? In a way, I think that uh, the public needs to know the importance of, um, like, you know, election protections. And as a legislator, I have been a big proponent of making sure that we have safe, secure, and accessible, uh, you know, laws that are making sure that people have trust in the process. And then so those allegations are certainly concerning. All right, now we're going to get into um, uh, we're going to get into the issues. Uh, you know, when uh, somebody is elected to the Congress of the United States in Washington, uh, they don't vote on Rhode Island issues. Uh, they don't vote on uh, Superman building or uh, or Tidewater funding or whatever the case may be. So we'll get to some of those federal issues 
in a moment. But uh, I just want to talk about uh, a couple of uh, other areas uh, before we get to the issue. Number one is polling, and number two is the crowded field of candidates. So I'll go to the crowded field of candidates. Um, so here I am. I'm a Democrat. And I step into that booth, and I'm looking at all those names. I see your name there, but I see a whole bunch of others. So how does uh, the uh, uh, Kano campaign, uh, you know, come out to me and say, Roger, I'm the one that you should vote. What's special about Sandra's campaign? Roger, great question. I think that if you look at the people that had qualified for the ballot, um, I'm the only one in these uh, candidates that had the experience at every level of legislative government, starting from the school committee, I share with you, um, also serve on the city council, and currently a state senator. All of those years, I have not only been able to understand the process, create policy that works for people of Rhode Island, um, but also understand the importance of building coalitions, making sure that we are able to um, talk across the aisle with people that suddenly um, sometimes don't understand my policy stance or approach, but at the personal level, I'm able to build those coalitions and build relationships that I think is important to transfer that experience to the national level. And I'm looking to do that. Um, I feel that currently in our Congress, we do have a very divisive and very um, difficult environment that um, people that I have been talking about across the district are very concerned about. And for me, it takes someone that has that experience, that is able to build the coalitions, and someone that has understand not only the process uh, firsthand, but has done the work effectively and I have that track record I am very proud to serve in the finance committee in the Senate and also the chair like I mentioned of the Senate Education Committee and as a chair, I also get to do uh, a lot of more work, um, very involved in the process of um, the legislative process. I would say that at the federal level, we need someone that is going to be as strong as Congressman Cicilline, that have built those coalitions, that understand the process, that have effective track record of legislative accomplishments, and that is able to also bring all of those infrastructure um that Congressman Cicilline brought to Rhode Island. Um, we need someone that is able to get there in the first day uh, with uh, all that knowledge and that experience, and I know that I'm positioned to do that best. Uh, that experience at Navigan, I mean, you've been there, uh, you were there a number of years. Um, I, I guess we could throw in some banking experience in there too, right? <laughs> 100%. I think not only my public service experience, but also my private um, sector financial experience where I was able, like I mentioned before, to build coalitions, to understand how uh, the financial industry works, to make sure that you are close to the community and that you are able to close uh, gaps through policy because that ultimately was also my job at the credit union understanding the financial industry but also understanding how to get to the community with those financial services as a broadcaster i'm not a big fan of polls uh as a as a political person i i guess the the person who really thinks polls are great are those who uh, are ahead in the polls or those who finance the polls and are ahead <laughs> So, anyway, but the problem is um, the news media uh, publicizes those polls, and, and, and I think, uh, you know, some people say, well, you know, this person is ahead, so therefore uh, I'm not going to bother uh, because uh, they're going to win by a landslide and so forth. So how do you feel about these polls, and, and, um, and how have you done so far? So I feel that um, these polls are still early. Um, just yesterday, we had the list of who is going to be eligible to be in the in the ballot. And just today, we're gonna know, uh, you know, how those uh, placements are going to appear in the ballot. Mm -hmm. So I think those polls have been done early. I think that uh, my position in those polls had been um, a healthy position. I've been 
after on the polls that have been uh, released so far. Um, I think that my work across the district speaks for itself. And I would say that every since I got elected my first term, I've been having eight different elections, including so in 2020. I was a delegate for President Biden, and um, I was on the ballot for CD1. And I was able to be the top vote getter of that ballot as well with like 11 or 12 candidates also in the um, delegate race in 2020. And I got 27,000 people believing in me to be a delegate for President Biden. Um, so I would say that there is a lot of work to do. We, our campaign has, has done a lot of no, uh, door knocking um, strategy is uh, to make sure that we talk to every border uh, possible that is engaged. And that is the problem. When it's a special election in a summer, Roger, there is a lot of people that are not as engaged. So we need to make sure that we uh, do as much of a good work of making sure our message is out there. And I'm doing that every single day. And that's why I thank you for the opportunity to get uh, to tell my message to your audience and the uh, actual vote is the day after a major holiday, Labor Day, and then we have, uh, but I'll go to the polls anyway. I mean, I actually, I'm uh, one of those that actually sure. likes to go vote. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. I won't be voting uh, any other way. Hey, we're going to take a break here for a few commercials. Also, um, uh, when I step out of the studio, don't be uh, alarmed. I was just going to the, I forgot my coffee in the microwave. and That's important, Roger. I, I have trouble <laughs> conducting an interview without my coffee, so you will excuse me while the commercial is playing. I'm not abandoning you. This is the Upfront Program. A few messages. We'll be right back. CMM Picture Frame and Gallery in Woonsocket is in the Park Square Florist Building, front entrance, lower level. Mark Morell says, we're very affordable. I try to be creative in all my work. Basically, the main thing is custom picture framing with a quality touch. We use quality products. We do full photo restorations. We do collages. We do things like newspaper articles and photo collages. And we're also an art gallery. Paintings on display for sale by Mark himself and other local artists. Nice to of prints and special occasion prints. Have a special project. Talk to Mark to make it happen. Open Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 4, Saturdays 10 to 2, 401-487-8938 and converse with Mark. He's a friendly guy. Check out what we're all about by pulling up our website, cmmpictureframeandgallery.com. Charles Mark Morell for Brighton. Welcome to the historic Colonel Blackington Inn in Attleboro. We're open for dining at 4 p.m. Wednesday through Sunday. Our famous brunch every Sunday, 11 to 3. Function room always available for your special event. Time to enjoy an upscale experience at the historic Colonel Blackington Inn, 203 North Main Street in Attleboro. Reservations suggested at 508-222-6022. Go-to place for authentic Italian dining is Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. Over 20 Italian dishes made to order from our menu or experience our Sicilian-style pizza. Build your own while you choose from your veggies, meats and cheeses, and of course our traditional family-style chicken dinner is offered every day. Savini's Pomodoro on Rathbun Street with affordable accommodations for weddings, birthdays, anniversaries, and business meetings. Close Mondays open Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays at noon for reservations call 762-5114 that's 762-5114 Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar 476 Rathbun Street Woonsocket Inviting you to join us at our family-owned businesses, Savini's or Ciro's. Perfect for any event. Soup and salad bar now available. And Papa Savini's famous roasted chicken and noodle soup also available by the 32-ounce jar to take home at Savini's Pomodoro. And Savini's Pomodoro will be open at 4 o'clock this afternoon for... Your dining convenience, a great restaurant. Uh, they've done some renovations in there, and uh, you're going to enjoy your dining experience at uh, at Savini's Pomodoro. Let me see what's next here in the commercial. Oh, Brigido's. 
Uh, great, uh, great market. Three outstanding locations here in the area. Since 1941, Brigido's Fresh Market, dedicated to quality, great cuts of meat and fresh produce from the farm. Most importantly, Brigido's was always about superior customer service with even more premium deli and prepared foods and the finest baked goods. Serving the northern Rhode Island area with three locations, situate Pascoe and also 900 Victory Highway in Sadersville. We continue the family tradition with our core values. Stay tuned to WNRI as we continue to update our stores to serve you better, and we'll tell you all about it right here. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Pawtucket State Senator Sandra Cano is in the studio with us, and she is in the congressional race. She'll be on the ballot September 5, and uh, we're chatting with her about uh, various things. Um, we have uh, somebody that uh, wants to either make a comment or ask a question, and I think I got everything in place. Uh, whoop. Sandra, <laughs> Sandra just as I was ready to hit the button, they dropped off. I think they thought I wasn't going to take the phone call. If you, um, if, if uh, that caller who was there before I pressed the button, I had Sandra put on the earphones and adjust the, uh, adjust the volume. We're ready. <laughs> right. Carter, yeah. We adjusted the volume. We were ready to go. I think uh, they're calling back. Uh, while uh, we uh, get that, um, that caller in place, I'll ask you about one of the federal issues. And, and you talked about, um, how your father was kidnapped in Colombia, and how you you got to the United States uh, uh, because of violence in your uh, in your native country. So let's talk about gun violence in your native country right now, because uh, uh, you are here in America, and uh, and you uh, saw a whole bunch of gun legislation. Not too much of it uh, hit the General Assembly uh, this year. We've had some in the past, uh, but when you get down to Washington, those. Uh, plenty of federal legislation on on gun violence and gun control. So let's uh, let's have you take that topic, and then we'll hit our phone call. All right? Absolutely, uh, Roger. I have been not only an advocate, but I I told you that I live firsthand the effects of gun violence, and I know the suffering that families really do have. As a mother of two amazing kids, I feel really uh, the struggles that many moms and dads feel the fear to send their kids to schools after all of those uh, mass massacres. And um, I do believe that we have a responsibility as a legislator to make sure that every person in America feel that they could go and enjoy a public event, a parade, and send their kids to school in a safe way. So I have uh, very much, very strongly um, advocate and be the co-sponsor of safety love legislations at the state level and I will continue to do that at the national level if elected to Congress. I will be in favor of a ban for assault weapons. I think that it's time for us to really prioritize the safety and security of our communities and I have done that as a state legislator and I will continue doing that at the national level. Alright, uh, now we'll press up button here and uh, connect with our caller and uh, what would you like to uh, comment to uh, Senator Kano about? Hello? Good morning. Yes, yes. Go ahead. Okay. China's bringing online one of their first molten salt nuclear power generators. Yeah. Something like 80 to 90 percent of France's power comes from advanced nuclear power. They recycle nuclear waste. Okay. Where did she stand on nu- advanced nuclear power in the United States of America? We're falling behind Will she take action to make sure we don't fall behind to every other country in the world when it comes to advanced nuclear power? The only future of clean energy that is possible. All right, thank you. Uh, so uh, this gentleman, this is not the first time he's called on nuclear power. And um, and what happens is that uh, we're looking for alternative energies uh, with the New Green Deal and so forth and windmills and all that stuff. Uh, but in many other countries, uh, Sandra, nuclear power is a big deal. Uh, and and a major source of uh, of energy. So he's asking you, do you uh, 
see in the future if you're in the Congress uh, to support any uh, nuclear power initiatives? I think that um, as a state legislator, I am very proud that we have advanced policy in Rhode Island to act on climate and to make sure uh, that we do aggressively uh, have, like, you know, jobs in the blue and green economy that really help us with uh, renewable energy. So um, I do believe that with nuclear um with the nuclear power, uh, we need to like also uh, start looking into uh, doing some research and see what would be the possibility on investing. But I think that because we already have done a lot of renewable energy uh, policies, I think that we need to like at the national level advance, just like we have done this in Rhode Island. Um, I'll certainly do my research. I would um, certainly be more educated on that issue when it comes to not only the effects, but the investments, right? I think that um, uh, the caller is right in saying that a lot of different countries have already been looking at that, and we are a little behind. So we really need to look at a holistic way of um, being uh, proactive about climate uh, action. And uh, I really need to make sure I go back and, and do some research on that. All right. I think uh, yep. Sandra has an open mind on this yep. issue. Thank you very much, uh, caller, for your uh, question. And thank you, Sandra, for your answer. Thank you. So now, when uh, Gay Bamo was here and, uh, and the professor was here yesterday, they're uh, definitely uh, pro-choice um, type of, uh, of people. Uh, they spoke on that. When I listened to your interview with uh, Ian Donis uh, from Rhode Island Public Radio, um, um, you have a strong position on uh, on the rights of, uh, of women, and uh, I thought maybe uh, you would share that with our audience before we get to our next caller. Yes, thank you, Roger. I I am um, a advocate for the woman's rights to choose. Um, the reason why I am so so um, strongly about this is because I have a personal experience that I lived um, in terms of when I got pregnant in 2019 with my first daughter. Uh, while I was going through the process, I got a very scary call from my doctor and physician uh, that said, um, Sandra, we have gotten your results of, um, you know, your genetic testing. And unfortunately, that is, uh, you have been um, you know, identify as a carrier of a genetic condition that could affect the baby. Mm. And it is important for you to go do more testing, but also it's important for you to go to genetic counseling. And at that time and moment, I was extremely scared about what that meant. Mm. I went through that process uh, with my partner, mm. which was very supportive, and we both really, really took a lot of consideration in terms of like you know the information that we have in in front of us and for me and for him we were very very fortunate to be in a state where at least i would have the opportunity to have a option and that same year as being a pregnant woman of a little girl i was as a legislator proud to cast the vote for a woman wanted to choose to codify roe versus wave and it was no loss on me about the process that i had just endured as a pregnant woman um i would say that um, my daughter is, thank God, healthy. We, my partner and I decided that we were going to continue with the pregnancy, uh, despite the information and, but, at the time, it was important for me to know how um, it was going to affect my body, but also the baby's body. And uh, having the, the, the right to choose was the right way of voting. And I will continue having that strong voice in Congress. <clears throat> I think that we are at a critical time. And there is legislation like Rhode Island have take um, at different levels to make sure that women are protected in their way of reproductive health. So. Not too many candidates uh, can uh, can take their position on pro-choice uh, the way you did, be a, with a unique story. Uh, that's for sure. Thank you. We have another caller who will press the button. Uh, what would you like to ask uh, Senator Kano about the campaign? Good morning, Senator, and good morning, Roger. Yes. I have a very quick question, and then uh, I'll terminate the call. Sure. The question? Senator, could you please give me your evaluation of President Biden's performance? 
and uh, I'll be listening for your answer. All right. Well, you were, a, thank you for your call. You were a delegate. So I don't expect that you're going to give us a negative answer. But who am I? Here's Sandra. <laughs> that is true, Roger. I um, believe that uh, President Biden, under the difficult circumstances that our country have endured with like a very di divide Congress, um, has done uh, a lot of work to really try to build consensus between um, all of our legislators in Congress. And while I do feel that there is a lot of policies that could be stronger, I value that President Biden really tries to have consensus and common ground across the table. Um, and one of those examples is when we just a couple of months ago, we were in the brink of like seeing our country having a default in debt. And for me, coming from the financial industry, it was a very scary to just to see that maybe many Americans were going to lose on aid that they rely on every single day to bring food to the table or to make sure that they even have housing or make sure that they even have, like, you know, um, health care access. And um, just the fact that President Biden was able to then sit down with the Republican party and um, have some conversation and, uh, you know, have a bill that wasn't perfect. I'm not saying for any, um, you know, uh, like a uh, Democrat that uh, will be following the story. It was not a perfect bill, but it was a compromise that is important for Americans and to save a lot of like like Americans that depends on aid, and I think that that is what is valuable about President Biden. I will, I will continue supporting his presidency coming the next election. All right. So um, so in the next uh, presidential election, you will vote for Biden, not Trump, right? Absolutely. <laughs> oh yes, that is no brainer. But thank you, Roger, for asking. All right. All right. Uh, Got to have a little fun during the program too. <laughs> All right. Um, I have a question coming up, um, uh, but uh, I also have a, a commercial coming up, and we're going to take care of that right now. Scott McGee of REMAX Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. All right. The McGee team uh, has uh, a nice piece of real estate uh, here in uh, Smithfield at uh, 619 is the price at uh, 1304 Victory Highway. Scott says, hey, Roger, tell them uh, that uh, this is a magnific magnificent house with uh, an entrance that's sleek and modern. And the word amazing will immediately come to mind when you see this property on Victory Highway. Every detail of this stunningly updated home is designed to impress from the spacious and elegant living areas to the beautiful Maple Kitchen with its uh, Korean countertops, the hardwood floors, seamlessly running through the dining and living rooms, creating a sense of spaciousness and warmth. And the main level is this house also has some generous office space. And uh, this is an age uh, where people work from home these days and uh, not necessarily go into the office. So now when they're looking for a piece of property, having the office space at home is a big selling point. And Scott McGee uh, says this house has it. His is number 639-2906, 639-2906. Check in with uh, Scott McGee. All right. Uh, looks like uh, we're headed to the Roast House. Great restaurant in Blackstone. Let's meet for lunch or dinner at the Roast House. Their menu offers something for everyone. Seafood and chicken, roasts, steaks, and chops. Appetizers and their rotation of the heartiest soups in the area. Open Sunday through Thursday, 1130 to 9. Friday and Saturday, 1130 to 10 p.m. Now, here are some of the delicious choices awaiting you at the Roast House. Oh, I am so boring a person. Uh... Every time I get to this commercial and they, the announcer says, here are some of the choices at the Roast House. I always go back to the same one, my favorite. The tuna salad melt at the Roast House, Roger's uh, favorite. At eight ninety nine, uh, you get um, a, grilled, uh, a grilled bread uh, stuffed with uh, uh, this uh, albacore tuna. And it's so good. And American cheese with pickle and uh, 
one side. <clears throat> I always get coleslaw. Again, I, Sandra, I, I have to admit I'm very boring. <laughs> I order the same thing with the same side and so forth. But, it needs um, to be a little bit more adventurous. Yeah, they have like a great menu. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm bringing Sandra into this commercial only because there's a great roast house location. I've been to it a number of times um, in uh, in Pawtucket, too. So you've been to a roast house? Absolutely. Huh? I've been there and I love it. All right. Well, I'm uh, sure uh, who the owner who lives here in Woonsocket uh, will be happy to hear, hear that. Anyway, the roast house opened for lunch at 1130 today. And we certainly hope that you'll stop into the roast house and enjoy a great meal. I have uh, one more advertisement here. The um, the guy's name is Vern Rainville, and he is a public adjuster for insurance. Well, here's a question for you from Vern Rainville. Do you have frozen pipes or ice dams causing some damage to your home last winter? Well, this is probably covered by insurance. And did you know that you have two years to file a claim? Call Vern Rainville, the local adjuster that represents you. Not the insurance company. Vern is a licensed public adjuster by the state of Rhode Island and will work for you to initiate a claim. You can call Vern Rainville today at 484-300-8495 for a free no-obligation in-home consultation. All calls are returned in less than 24 hours. Vern Rainville is the guy to call, and uh, and and a lot of homes have had recent water damage from all that rain, and uh, maybe a tree uh, fell down. Whatever it is, um, you have a homeowner's policy, and and that's good. And make sure you pay the bill. Uh, you have a homeowner's policy that's in effect, and there was some damage. Check with Vern and make sure that um, you get uh, the proper uh, coverage from your insurance policy. Sometimes you have some riders on there that cover stuff that you didn't realize was there. Vern Rainville is a guy to see. I lied. I said that was the last commercial. I got one more message, and then we'll get back to uh, our guest today and chat about a few more issues. It is Wednesday dinner for two at the famous On the Blackstone River, River Falls restaurant here in Woonsocket. It's one of the favorites among locals and also... Non-locals, they come in from all over the area. And on Wednesday, starting at 4 o'clock, $49.99 is the price. And it's dinner for two. And that means you have an appetizer to share if you want. Or you can have your own soup or you can have your own salad. And then you look at the menu and you have about 15 entrees from which to choose. There's some seafood there and meat and vegetarian. It's all there. And then you have dessert to share, like a huge uh, strawberry shortcake crate with the cream and everything. And then you also get a glass of wine or a bottle of domestic beer or sangria. All this is included for two people for $49.99. That's why River Falls is a very busy place on Wednesday. River Falls, right here in Woonsocket, in the downtown district. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, she's serious about it. She wants to be your uh, congressperson from the 1st Congressional District. And uh, her name is Sandra Kano. She's in the studio with us. And, um, well, you know, I could pick uh, Social Security as uh, an issue. I could pick the war in Ukraine. Uh, instead, I'm going to be nice to our guest. I'm going to let you choose a federal issue that uh, you um, have been prepared to talk about that is important to you. And then after that, I'll, I'll go back to some of my uh, standard questions. What is, what's an, an important federal thing in Washington that you'd like to do for the people? So how about access to health care? Um, so I would say that um, my life experience really have shaped my values and um, my vision as a policymaker and democratic policymaker, um, I was speaking to you before about, uh, you know, how grateful I am to this country and how my parents, like, you really have to flee violence with us in Colombia. So when I came here, it took us seven years to, uh, you know, get our paperwork. So seven years of a process where we were undocumented and no documented and one of the things that i am very very 
uh, grateful for is that after seven years, we were able to get the per permanent residency card and then you go into the citizenship. The reason why I say access to healthcare is because one of the things that I uh, know and I hear from District 1 uh, across from Woonsocket to Newport is a lot of the residents are really worry about protections to Medicare and Medicaid programs. Um, a lot of people rely, rely on those um, health um, insurance access. And um, I know firsthand how important it is. My parents both are disabled. They have uh, health insurance through Medicare, right? And one of the things that I do see every single day, especially with my dad, is that um, he's going through cancer and um, the price gouging of those um, uh, medicines really affect everyday Americans. And then so as a uh, person that lives the, through my family and see it firsthand the effects, I think that one of the things that I love to do is go with a strong voice to advocate those protections to programs that really affect Congressional <laughs> District 1 residents every single day. Um, and that includes Social Security, by the way, Roger. Um, I think that a lot of the uh, good work that Congressman Cicilline have done is to make sure that seniors know that they're protected with the advocacy in the federal level. And I will continue to have that strong voice to make sure that our seniors really feel that they have an advocate and that they have someone that is going to fight for them every single day. I think uh, that is a federal issue. Uh, you know, uh, if you look at um, uh, you, you, you know, Senator Murray here in uh, here in Rhode Island. So in the uh, it's too bad that every individual state has have to pass laws on these drugs. Uh, one, uh, maybe uh, on the federal level, you know, we could just make it standard for all 50 states uh, that a certain drug uh, be a certain price instead of having 50 pieces of legislation in 50 different states to regulate it. I don't know if you feel the same way. Absolutely. Like, if it wasn't for my dad having help from the foundation, from Dana Farber, mm -hmm. I don't know if he will be able to get his access to the medicine. He um, has to take Revlimin. And Revlimin is so expensive to the point that it's like unaccessible to many Americans. Mm -hmm. And then so it is important that we have someone that understands the effects. Um, I was the other day in a meeting with AARP just because they want to educate all the congressional candidates about their priorities. And one of the things that I saw in facts was very, very uh, eye-opening for me. Um, it was that medicine, Revlimin, was in their fact uh, sheet. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, it is unbelievable that you have that in your fact sheet. When I leave it every day with my dad, he has to take this medicine that is life-saving for him, but it's so unaccessible to Americans. And he's lucky to have the support of a foundation to help him get access, but still, uh, many Americans are not able to do that, and I think that is one of the federal issues that I really want to be strong about. All right. Um, was that Rhode Island AARP or was that? It was Rhode Island AARP okay. for okay. sure. Yes, they're educating all of us. So that that was very great. All right. Um, this question I didn't intend to ask you about, uh, uh, the question of uh, immigration at the border. Yep. However, in listening to your story, um, I'm just wondering whether you have a unique answer uh, about it because uh, you talked about uh, coming coming over here doing the paperwork uh, becoming Americanized naturalization um, you did it uh, the way that um, it's been done for many many years uh, but there is something else going on at the uh, at the borders of the United States so I was wondering if you would uh, give us your uh, view whether it's uh, different from uh, our Shall we say regular Democrats, or do you have a different perspective on immigration? I certainly do. I would say that I work hard on immigration because I have been through the process myself. And, Russia, I would say that at the state level, I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to transfer that to the federal level. Sure. At the state level, we just passed last year uh, driver's license for our un undocumented community. Mm -hmm. And one of the difference of our state legislature is that we make sure, and I was um, <clears throat> really proud to be one of the advocates and champions of this legislation, is that I would stay 
um, only allowed to have privileged license to people that have paid taxes in Rhode Island um, and that are proving that are contributing to our economy. Every immigrant in the nation knows that the only way that they would have a chance to a pathway to citizenship or a pathway to like become documented, it is only when they pay taxes in the current um, environment that we live and then contribute to the economy. How do they do that? Through an IT number, identification tax ID number that is issued for every single person, regardless of the immigration status, because the IRS know the importance of our community contributing to the economy. So that being said, I would transfer that experience that we did here at the state level with my leadership that I actually took that experience from banking. Um, we access um, uh, and change policy at the credit union to have access to our undocumented community because they have that IT number and it was basically they're paying taxes. So why don't we transfer that experience at the federal level? We need to do an immigration reform, especially to take care of the people that have been waiting in the process for a long time. But it should be the people that are already paying and doing the right way um, of contributing to our economy with that IT number. So that would be my perspective and coming through the Washington DC with the experience of already doing it and having effective policy at the, of the state level with that experience going to the national federal level and then making sure that we advocate for policy that works for the people that are already uh, contributing to our economy through the IT number system. And uh, your position on uh, whether we should uh, curtail people coming into the country or do you uh, go along with the Biden uh, administration policy on that? So I think this country has been a country that welcomed refugees and uh, through the years that it has been, um, you know, very different stance at the national level of how to go into the process. I think that the first thing that as a le legislator I would like to do is really make sure that we look at the criteria and look at the way of eligibility. Like some of these families come not because they want to just come and take advantage. It's not by choice. That's the example of my family. I think I, I explained uh, throughout the show uh, the importance of understanding that this country is allowing and have welcomed people. And those are workers that really move our economy every single day. So I would love to uh, look and work very closely to understand what is the eligibility and making sure that we don't turn the back in refugees um, as, uh, you know, I am one of them. Sandra Kano has been with us. Uh, we're going to give her one more chance. Uh, you're out on the campaign trail here in Woonsocket. You hit a doorbell. Uh, somebody opens the door. You have a minute. And you say, hi, I'm Sandra. Vote for me. Tell us. Um, yes, um, thank you so much. I think I am a fierce advocate for uh, the issues that Congressional District 1 residents really deeply care about. I not only have a track record of creating policy that is effective uh, at different levels of government, which is important, uh, from the school committee to the city council to the state senate, um, I will be um, a congressperson that really uh, advocates for you because I I deeply care about helping people. I will always carry with me the voices of my community and advocate on behalf of working people of Rhode Island. Um, it's going to take one of us to make a difference for all of us. And I hope that you support me in the primary uh, this coming election, uh, September 5th. Um, it is important for people to know that early voting is starting August 16. And I know that my passion to help, my effective leadership, and my experience would allow me to contribute with the, uh, uh, to the United States the way that I have already done at the national level and advocate for all of the residents of Congressional District 1. So I hope you give me the opportunity because my life experiences have shaped my values and my vision as a policymaker and a democratic lawmaker. I hope that that is a good message for you, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly understood it. Thank you so very much, Sandra, for joining us on the Upfront program. And uh, we um, will uh, see you on the campaign trail. There may be a meet and greet um, uh, session here in Woonsocket uh, for all the candidates uh, 
later in August uh, organized by this station in the Valley Breeze. Uh, that is coming up. We're working on that. We haven't set a date or anything like that, but I think we'll be seeing each other again. That is amazing. Every time that there is opportunity to engage with the borders and have access for people to understand the difference and educate our uh, community about the importance of our democracy and our, uh, you know, elections, I am there, Roger. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing you then. All right. We'll see you then. This is the Upfront program. We'll see you tomorrow when we have uh, Christopher Boulay on the program with us. I'm Roger Bouchard. Good day, everybody.